0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are finally going to talk about a Pixar movie. We are talking about Pixar's latest, Luca, which is a fun little movie set in Italy with fish creatures, and uh, there, there's there's a lot of fun stuff to get into with this one, and I'm just happy to finally be covering a Pixar film. Uh, joining me is Carson Tamar from the Clappercast, and this is his first time on the show, and we have a great conversation coming up. So before we get into that, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, you can follow us on social media, at PiecingPod. Also, we have a Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show, and uh, aside from that, you know, the old spiel, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, five stars would be awesome, we love it when you leave those ratings, those reviews, I do enjoy hearing what people think of the show, we just had a really nice review from the Potato Lady podcast reviews, which uh, gave us 20 out of 20 potatoes Thanks so much for that. Um, yeah, I, I just love when I find out that people are out there and listening and that they're enjoying what we're doing. I love making the show, and uh, it's just great to get that feedback. So definitely um, let us know what you think. And uh, I think part of what people like about the show is that I keep these spiel short. So I'm going to finish it and get to the episode now. So let's talk about Luca. All right, Carson Tamar from the Clappercast is here with us to talk about Luca. Carson, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's going very good. Very excited to not only be on the podcast, but talking about a movie I appreciate quite a bit. Awesome,
0: awesome. Yeah, I- You know, we'll get into it, you know, as we get into the actual conversation, but it's my first time covering a Pixar movie on this podcast somehow. I don't know how they seem to slip by me all the time, but we'll we'll get to that in in a few minutes here. But it's your first time on the show. Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell my listeners a little about your podcast and what you do?
1: Yeah, so my name is Carson Tamar. Uh, I've been reviewing films in some capacity since 2015. A lot of very bad YouTube reviews, uh, but now <laughs> that luckily those are privated, um, I write for Buttered Popcorn, Clapper, Filmotomy. But as you mentioned, I have the Clappercast podcast, which I host um, every single week. Me and a diverse group of voices from Clapper review the newest releases. So it's two to three releases per week. Um, we give our recommendations. It's short, sweet, and quite fun, as long as the films are good. Some weeks are better than some. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah especially nowadays it's uh it's it's hard to know uh what to schedule around what and you know especially three movies a week there's you know it's a lot of things to uh look at and juggle yeah
1: at (laughs) least we have films coming out now i cannot imagine trying to do this podcast during the pandemic i know there's stretches where it's like once a month which i can't imagine was too much fun
0: (laughs) yeah it is a little tough but now we've got uh so much to talk about so many movies um this one like I just hinted at like this is the first Pixar movie and I like this movie. Um you know we'll get into more of that as as we get into it. I I at one point was thinking about kind of letting it slide by because it does feel a little bit like a lesser Pixar movie, but mm. the reason I wanted to uh not let it slip by is this whole thing of it getting moved to Disney Plus. And yes. I I I just I'm I'm a theater purist, and I I just feel bad for everybody involved with this because it is beautiful, and it it's no uh, no less impressive, you know, technically than any of their other films. And I just wish I had gotten to see it on a big screen, and I wish more people had gotten to see it. So hopefully, in the small amount that my podcast can promote a film, hopefully you know more people check this movie out at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially animation. I mean, so much care, love, sweat, tears, blood goes into that. Very sad to see this, especially because, you, as you mentioned, it's a beautiful film visually, yeah. if nothing else. And just not being able to see that on the big screen, it is quite a tragic turn of events.
0: Yeah, very. Uh, it it sucks basically, but uh, but the movie itself, a lot of fun, and uh, we'll we'll have a lot of. Uh, Interesting puzzle pieces to bring up here, I'm sure. Uh, But before we get into them, I do want to ask you, I mean, obviously, we kind of touched on it a little bit already. But um, was this like a big one on your radar while it was, you know, on the way? Are you a big Pixar
1: fan? I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Pixar fan. There's quite a few films I appreciate, um, especially the recent ones. For some reason, I'm an onward defender where, like, no one <laughs> else is. Um, but I wouldn't say, like, I you know, like, the Toy Story franchise. I, very, like, in a memeing way, I'm like, oh, I hate that franchise. I'm not a very huge Pixar fan. I would say compared to other people. But this one immediately was on the radar. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. get into it. But I'm a huge fan of Call Me By Your Name. And obviously, like, the meme around this one became sure. its Pixar's Call Me By Your Name. Um, and just seeing what Disney would do, Disney's such a strange company where like, I really appreciate a lot of their thematic elements, but then like, you know, they do some very morally bad things. So it's just, it's a company I'm always interested in, but at a very like distant thing. Right. I'm always excited. I'm interested in what they're doing, but it's really hard for me to be excited. But yeah, this ended up being one of my most anticipated of the year.
0: Yeah, I think anybody who follows movies as much as you or I do, uh, you know, when you see the word Disney, you you kind of have to think, what are the intentions, you know, <laughs> what are they trying to do yeah. here? But yeah, uh, it, it definitely looked interesting, and I'm sure uh, Call Me By Your Name will come up more during this podcast. But, I have um, a sneaking suspicion, yeah. <laughs> it,
1: it probably will. Uh,
0: but yeah, let's start getting into puzzle pieces, and we'll talk more about everything that goes on in this film along the way. But what do you got for your first piece?
1: So my first piece is going to be a Hayao Miyazaki uh, film and show. There was a film, but the show is what I'm more familiar with, which is Future Boy Conan. This is his early work, a very young Miyazaki before he went to Studio Ghibli. Um, And I think the dynamics, I mean, if you watch that show and film compared to this, the dynamics are almost exactly the same. Granted, not sea monsters, we have this young boy grew up on an island, has some unique powers, he meets this other boy, they go on adventures, they meet this young girl who's really strong, and it's basically the dynamics of Luca, um, as well as, I mean, it's Hayao Miyazaki style, which I'm sure we'll get into even further on this podcast, but I think this is a film that is very mundane at times, it very much so plays in the realm of kid drama, the biggest mm. drama really in this film is they want to win a race to go yeah. win a Vespa, to buy a Vespa. Um, and you know, there's this whole side plot where there is important stuff here, right? They're in this village where the sea monsters literally get killed. They want to kill these kids, yeah. but it doesn't deal with that drama. It's all about like the kid side of it. And future boy Conan is very much the same. There's a lot of political drama and there's some very serious things going on, but it's always framed around these kids just wanting to have fun and the dynamics almost perfectly translate into Luca. So that's definitely like a comparison. I see.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I've never seen that one. and. I I will say, I I mentioned that I hadn't done a Pixar movie yet on this show, and I also haven't done a lot of animated films in general, and I think part of the reason is that I don't see enough animated films. I I try to see as many as I can, but... I I don't really get to all of them, all of the major ones. And I do find a lot of the times when I do watch animated films, the first things my mind goes to are other animated films. They seem to like, you know, borrow from the other greats within, you know, the worlds of animation. And so, you know, that makes sense. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of animated things on this. And uh, yeah, it, it sounds like a really interesting piece, that future boy Conan.
1: Yeah, animation's weird. It works. It lives in its own little world, which is exciting and also sometimes terrifying to kind of get into. Sure, so, yeah. So yeah, definitely get that. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, uh, I'll go for my first piece, and this is a, a very obvious one, so I figure I'll get it out of the way first. Um, And I usually try not to uh, dig into the past of the same either director or, in this case, studio. But I'm going to go with Pixar's Finding Nemo, mm. because going back to 2003, they were already dealing with these kind of societies under the sea of aquatic life and dealing with the whole culture and everything is kind of, you know, an analog to regular human culture, except for it's, fish in that and here it's fish creatures um and of course this takes them up into the world uh, above land uh although i guess some of that happened in finding nemo as well but um or was that the sequel eh whatever but you know and and the the main plot you know like kind of deals with trying to get outside of your element and uh you know get your own life and your own um adventures away from family and all the troubles that brings you into and the dangers that come along with that, as well as the adventure and the fun that comes along with that. And uh, and friendship as well is another big theme throughout both movies.
1: Yeah, that was also on my list, actually, and specifically the family aspect of it, of the Mm -hmm. parents having to let go. I mean, I think it's a very universal theme, probably for anyone who's a parent, is that experience of letting your kids go and go out into the world. Um, And where I I wouldn't necessarily say it's a one-on-one comparison, considering it was Pixar, considering you also have the ocean element. I think I would agree that's a pretty uh, solid comparison and pretty clear um, inspiration.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like... I don't want to say that this movie would be better if we got more of the family aspect, because I do think that everything that happens on land and with the adventure and the, you know, the meeting new people and getting the whole fish out of water thing, all that really works really well. But I really enjoyed the family stuff and I kind of would have liked to have seen more of it. I thought Jim Gaffigan as the dad was really funny and great. And uh, I didn't even realize it was Sasha Baron Cohen as the uncle um, until after the fact um but there, there's a lot of fun stuff that's happening with the family
1: and um you
0: know I, Pixar just does family so well yeah so what do you got for your next piece
1: so I w- would say Finding Nemo since you already said that I do want to ch- is okay if I change one of my picks sure go for it I'm going completely off you know idea here I'm gonna go with Ladybird. a little okay. bit of a weird comparison but you have that feeling of adolescence feeling different, not fitting in where you are and desiring more. And specifically towards the end where she finally does leave her family, but you get that beautiful connection where that in some ways brings her closer with her family. Yeah, Luca as a coming-of-age story, I think especially towards the end, you can see a very similar path here. And I think that entire just aspect of feeling different in your adolescence something a lot of people feel. And I feel like these are two films that in a similar matters brings that to life, but never gets too serious with it it never loses the fact that she is a teenager it never loses the fact that he is a kid they both want to have fun in their own ways and go and live their lives however they see it um so i would definitely see some comparisons between this and ladybird
0: yeah i think that's a great piece i hadn't thought of that beforehand, but um it, it definitely fits and you know both films really deal with just how messy that whole thing could be of trying to have your own identity away from your family, but still wanting to be connected because they are your family. And Ladybird is such a great movie when it comes to, like, you know, exploring those kind of themes. And I definitely see the connection there. I think that works really well. So I will go to another one here. I'm going to go, I, I think this kind of, in a, in a little way, goes along with some of those same themes. Uh, I'm going to go with Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, see this movie about these two kids running away from their authority figures and having their adventure and learning about who they are and, and, you know, what life is all about, but in the way that really they... The only way they can figure out how to is away from authority and getting into trouble and whatever else they're going to get into. Um, I, Moonrise Kingdom, not my favorite of Wes Anderson's films. I know a lot of people love it. Um, I, I think that it is—it's definitely got its moments. It's got its—it's uh, its, its fun, you know, idea to it, and, and I definitely appreciate it for that and a lot of fun cameos as well. But um, definitely, though, it, it certainly captures that that feeling of just being young and confused and uh, trying to figure out who you are in the world.
1: Yeah, I'm in a similar boat with you when it comes to in the enjoyment of Moonrise Kingdom. I actually would even go to, as far as say that's one of the weaker Wes Anderson films, mm. to the probably hatred of a lot of people on film yeah, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> um, I do find it very interesting. That is his first feature after his stint in animation with Fantastic mm. Mr. Fox, tying that to yeah. an animated film. I think that, if you look at Wes Anderson's career, not to get fully into it, but I think like Fantastic Mr. Fox is a very clear turning point in his, not necessarily narrative, but even the visual aesthetic, especially, and I think Moonrise kingdom captures a lot of that magic that is normally found within animation and i would say is captured in luca also so i think that's a g- genius comparison
0: awesome awesome and just to shout out isle of dogs i i love that movie so much i need to revisit it soon yes. it's one of my favorites we just
1: did a podcast on our favorite films and isle of dogs is the one i chose love oh not nice my, not as our favorite but one of our favorites and love that one beautiful uh, i'm gonna go back to Hayao Miyazaki one last time for Ponyo a later Hayao Miyazaki film 2008 Um, I think aesthetically obviously this is very similar that is his adventure in a seaside town you have this little creature called Ponyo she comes from the ocean so you get a lot of that underwater aesthetic but also you get that coming uh, fish out of water story and you get a lot of especially in the later portion of that film accepting of who someone is and their past And with Luca obviously you have um, their dealings of not feeling accepted Accepted by humans due to their you know status of sea monsters so there's definitely Mm a tie there but I would say especially aesthetically you can draw a lot of comparisons between these two films especially in those underwater scenes you get that really goofy fish look and you get these beautiful blues that just echo around it just it feels like a piece of art which is very common in both Pixar and Studio Ghibli Uh, but I would see a lot of comparisons between this and Ponyo
0: so I failed my own homework that I had set for myself because I was going to watch Ponyo for the first time this week before this podcast. I've not seen it, but I certainly know of its, uh, you know, its reputation, and and I know that it's uh, supposed to be amazing, and I will get to it one of these days. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I, I think that needs to be uh, brought up as a puzzle piece here. It's you know, it seems to be a major influence on, you know, especially for a Pixar movie that's not so just big and giant adventurous, you know, I mean, the, the stakes are so much lower in this, you know, they're just trying to just be kids and win a Vespa but, you know, it's just so much, so much more of a chill version of a Pixar movie. And I think uh, some of that inspiration comes from that Studio Ghibli
1: thing. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I'll go with my next piece. And uh, this is one I'm sure is uh, inspired by Ponyo and a lot of Studio Ghibli stuff. Uh, and that's last year's Wolfwalkers. Um, Of course, this movie might be a little too new to truly be inspired by Wolfwalkers, but I do think it fits really well thematically and, uh, you know, is a really good companion piece to that film as these two kids who uh, also happen to be wolves and, uh, you know, shapeshift and are, you know, going on an adventure and learning about friendship and, you know, a similar kind of vibe and similar kind of, uh, you know, friendship story Brought into these kind of creatures and, you know, which is so uh, can only really unfold in animation this way.
1: Yeah. Great minds think alike. Wolfwalkers was absolutely like one of the first films I added to my list. I will go Song of the Sea Cartoon Saloon. Still a lot of very similar themes. Uh, especially when it comes to like the mythology I think in both films being baked into the land and being baked into the threat Mm -hmm. I think especially if you do the queer reading of Luca you can see a lot of ties towards that and like homophobia within society so I think that's very rich Um, but yeah both those films Song of the Sea and Wolfwalkers I think is a great comparison Um, and any cartoon saloon love I'm fully supportive of so that's a great shout. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So let's go on to the next piece. Do you want to jump in to call me by your name since we just brought sure. that up a little bit? <laughs>
1: yeah, that is my last pick. I mean, it started kind of as a meme, two boys spending a summer in Italy. You have the name Luca, obviously Luca Guadagnino directed, Call Me By Your Name. Sure. Um, but I think it goes really deep. Not only do you have the queer reading of Luca that you can clearly like read into, it's a coming out metaphor. Um, especially towards the end, there's some lines of dialogue that's just very on the nose, um, and being open about who you are. But I think more about just being proud and having a mentorship that makes you proud of who you are. one of the most underrated aspects of Call Me By Your Name is the Jewish aspect of it Mm -hmm. um where timothy chalmay's character is not proud he doesn't wear the star of david he's not necessarily he says that they're jews in hiding um and oliver comes in and just like completely turns on its head and he's so proud of who he is um, that he inspires elio to complete to start wearing the star of david and just in general you have at the beginning of the film a boy who's not necessarily confident in who he is, still trying to figure himself out sexually and just in a ton of different ways. And towards the end of that film, due to this mentorship, whether or not love was there is not really the point. But you have that solid figure where it made Elio feel okay with who he was and feel proud. And in Luca, you see that as a two-way street between the two characters. Um, And I think it's quite beautiful. I think it's a beautiful aspect to Call Me By Your Name. And I think it's a beautiful aspect of Luca whether or not you want to have the queer reading. I think that's Mm -hmm. completely optional. But I think it goes deeper than that. Um, and I, I think obviously, I think "Call Me by Your Name" as an Italian film, I would also say is just clear inspiration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you really have all of the above, all of those things there. And I would uh, also add in they spent a lot of time in the water and called me by your name, so you got that too. They sure love yes. swimming. I mean, I guess if you were living there, why wouldn't you be swimming all the time? So
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. My, my last piece. I mean, I. This was one of the first ones when I first saw the trailer for Luca. So I I thought it had to be included still. And that's the shape of water from Guillermo del Toro. I think uh, a little bit of the creature design um, and the way that these, uh, fish monsters look when they're underneath the water um, you know definitely takes a little bit of a inspiration from Guillermo del Toro who himself of course took inspiration from a lot of things that came long long before that uh, but that movie won a bunch of Oscars and is big in the public consciousness over the last decade so I
1: think it's clearly there absolutely I would not argue at all about that
0: So uh yeah that that is um all of my pieces. So let's go ahead and do the finished puzzle and then we'll get into any closing thoughts we have here. Uh finished puzzle for Luca includes future boy Conan. Finding Nemo, Lady Bird, Moonrise Kingdom, Ponyo, Wolfwalkers, and we snuck Song of the Sea in there as well, uh, Call Me By Your Name, and The Shape of Water. I'd also actually throw in
1: The Little Mermaid while we're at it. That could yeah, am shocked with we went the... through this entire thing without mentioning that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was just thinking about it. It was on my mind when I was making my list, but I didn't actually have it on there. But uh, yeah, that, that's got to be on there too. So, um, awesome. Uh, Are there any, like, main points that we didn't quite get to uh, while going through the puzzle pieces that you wanted to bring up?
1: you know not really I think probably the mundanity of it is something that I would really bring up I almost had Kiki's delivery service on here another Miyazaki film shocking I know Um, (laughs) that really deals in that but just like I know you mentioned that this feels somewhat as a lesser Pixar film and I think a lot of that is because of just how mundane it is and how there really is so little stakes to all of it Um, which is something we've seen I mean you see throughout all these puzzle pieces to be fair that's not like a new concept but that's just something to really echo Um, how do you tell an emotional story and how do you tell you know where it really nothing is happening but ultimately to these characters everything is happening and I mm-hmm. think that's just one of the many beautiful parts of Luca
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um, I, I had two quick things I wanted to mention uh, number one you, you brought up the uh, Jewishness of call me by your name earlier I love early in this film in Luca when uh, the mom calls him bubble instead of Bubby Uh, I thought that was fun (laughs) and uh, the the other thing I just a piece that I didn't quite come up with but I it was when I was like kind of working on uh, the whole Vespa angle I I was trying to think of a movie where like the thing that's driving the action is so just you know silly and like like not a big deal but it's like it means everything to our hero characters and I couldn't quite come up with like a good one
1: for that but I'm sure it's something I've seen before you know one of the hundreds i'm sure yeah i was just scrolling through my letterbox just seeing like oh yeah that could be that could be it but yeah there's always that thing that's on the tip of your tongue yeah exactly exactly
0: but right on yeah i think that uh that covers luca and um definitely fun movie people should uh, check it out uh carson is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and give a shout out to Censor. I know a lot of people saw this at Sundance. I did not. I just caught up with this. But if you're a fan of very stylistic, psychological horror... Uh, I think this is a great example of that. It's about a young woman uh, sol- solving some unresolved trauma in her life through her work as a censor for film. She goes and she censors out all the content not deemed access- or acceptable for film. Um, and she finds a lot of some repressed memories within that, and it's a very weird film. I don't know if it entirely sticks the landing, but it is very unique, and the atmosphere and aesthetic is just incredible. So if you're a fan of that, definitely would recommend Censor.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm actually planning on watching it tomorrow at the time of this recording. So maybe a Sensor Ponyo double feature might be happening. We will see.
1: (laughs) What (laughs) a double feature.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a weird one for sure. Uh, Awesome. Carson, why don't you tell people again where they could find you and your podcast?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at PP underscore movie reviews. And uh, if you want to listen to ClapperCast, it's just at Clapper Podcast on Twitter, uh, wherever you can find podcasts. So if you just want to look up ClapperCast, there's really two. There's a hockey one and there's a film one. We're obviously the film one. So you can check us out there. Awesome.
0: Well, uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And hopefully we can get you back one of these days.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Are you obsessed with? Movies! Come on down to sunny tropical Akron, Ohio to Binge Movies, the only video store in the world secretly owned and OP. Our courteous and polite staff are joined by film critics and podcasters from around the world to review, rank, and eliminate all but those movies most worthy of preservation for all time, even beyond the end times, and most worthy of your time. Our staff also has perfectly curated shelves just to make your entertainment choices that much easier. So come on down to Binge Movies, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. We've got the hits.
0: All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Pixar's Luca. Thanks to Carson for joining me for that one. Uh, Make sure to check out his podcast, The Clappercast. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much to all of you for listening. Uh, If you like what we're doing here on Piecing It Together, make sure you're subscribed. There are so many more episodes to check out. Um, They just seem to keep popping up left and right. I don't know. There's so many movies to cover. Um, But I'm going to try to keep covering them and keep doing these episodes. And uh, next up will probably be Fast and Furious f9 i can't wait i'm so excited even though everyone seems to hate it uh i'm seeing it this weekend and i hopefully i like it but uh i'm going in just as excited as I've been for this past year as it's been delayed and I've had to wait and wait for it. So we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, that's probably going to be the next episode. Lots of other episodes coming up, though, soon. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. You could also follow us on social media at Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Share the show with your friends. If you like what we do here, make sure to share the show. Share our episodes. Reply. Let us know if we missed any puzzle pieces. You know, reply on social media, all that kind of stuff. All that helps to make sure more people find out about the show. And the more people that listen, the more I'm going to do it. The more episodes, the more content. Speaking of more content, the more I will fill up our Patreon with new stuff. That's right, we have a Patreon as well. It is the producer by David Rose and Patreon that combines content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, which is another awesome movie podcast that I produce, and also from my music career. Uh, I have some new albums in the works. I just finished scoring a feature film and uh, the soundtrack is going to be coming out soon from that. So lots of stuff from my music career is going to be hitting that Patreon soon. Lots of stuff from my music career did hit the Patreon just recently, so there's a lot of stuff on there already to check out. Uh, But yeah, check it out. The Produced by David Rose patreon if you like what we're doing maybe uh maybe subscribe check it out the thing starts at three dollars for all the bonus content and then there's other tiers as well but um yeah check it out so uh let's close this thing out with a piece of music speaking of music um and i was thinking do i have anything italian-y sounding and i really don't think i do i'm probably gonna remember something that i've made for like a film at some point uh, that I'm just completely forgetting about, um, as soon as I finish, uh, putting this thing together and hitting export on the mp3 file, and i to be like, damn, I should have used that, but I can't think of it right now, so instead, I'm gonna go with the music I made for an iPhone game many years ago, um, long, this is like, god, this is like 10 years ago, I think, uh, it's called Go Fish, and you know it's got the whole aquatic kind of theme to it and so uh plus it's very like cartoony and everything and it's graphical style so i thought it would be a nice little fit for this luca movie with its fish monsters and the whole under the sea thing so this is some of the music from this video game go fish which i would imagine is still available on the iphone app store i don't know i'm an android guy uh so i don't have anything to go check to see if it's out there but uh it might be um, one of the first games I ever did music for, um, it's a fun little game, so, I don't know, go check that out, um, but otherwise, check out the rest of my music, because I have my albums, of course, and my website by David Rosen, where you can find out all about all that stuff, so, anyway, uh, let's close this thing out with a piece of music from the game Go Fish, and we'll be back more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.